when I sought the Lord on today's message, how many have ever gone after God and all of a sudden it just kind of went, you know, it was like you're just hitting the ceiling. You aren't going anywhere. That's how I felt. Yet I knew something was up. Something was on my heart. And I couldn't shake it. And I kept trying to figure out, Lord, what are you trying to do here? And all week long, I, I felt him nudging me. Norm, my, my preachers aren't telling the truth anymore. And I didn't understand exactly what he was saying, but I, I had an inkling of an idea. And I just want to say right here, that what I'm going to preach or teach, whatever you want to call it, that this is coming from my heart today. And there are people out there that, that feel like um, what I'm about to say is old-fashioned because it relies strictly on the Bible. Yet, I believe God has put this on my heart for today, for you, maybe for somebody on live stream. And basically the message is, don't listen to them. It's a warning from the Lord. Don't listen to those false prophets because they're not telling you the truth. And hear this part. I want you to like me. That's my human side. I want everybody to say, oh, that Pastor Norm, he's the greatest dude. Man, you come out there and, and oh, he's just fun to be around. And yeah, I like that. And this, this was the rebuke part. The Lord said, you're not their friend. You're their pastor. And I didn't get that earlier this week. I, I really, I was struggling with this in myself. And I was like, Lord... I think I know where you're going, and I don't like this. And I'm going to admit it right up, straight up, that there have been areas in the Bible that I've just sort of tried to stay away from, because they were hard. And I know that when you mention these things, if some people hear it, you start getting hate mail and all this other stuff. Let me ask you this, church. Are we here... To please people or to please God? Do you really believe that? I hope so. We're going to find out here. Here's the thing. I ran into some men. We started talking this week and the conversation led to the United Methodists, brothers and sisters of Christ. And I don't know if you know this or not, but they're about to see a real major split. Right, right, well, we'll say down the middle, but however it works out. They don't even know what it's going to look like yet. And the split is over whether or not uh, homosexuals should be allowed into leadership positions in the church. Obviously, some feel like the Bible says no, and the others feel like it says it's okay. 
And I, I came away from that thinking, well, we're safe in the assembly. And then I saw the news that last Sunday one of our pastors in Texas said that from now on we're going to welcome uh, same-sex people into our leadership. And uh, immediately the Texas district said, you're no longer an AG church. They removed the pastor's credentials. But I couldn't help but think, what's next? And I don't know if you have paid any attention to this, but one thing leads to another thing, leads to another thing, leads to another thing. Now we've got these thruples. Where a husband has two wives, or vice versa. What's next? You see, as soon as you remove what God said and start making man-made decisions, or man-made laws, if you will, it leads to this. It leads to lawlessness. And I want this message to be one that I don't want you to sit here thinking, oh, geez, he's just up there gay bashing. That is not my heart today. Listen to me. If, if I really felt that way, I just wouldn't say anything. I wouldn't. I would just let these people go to hell. Because that's where I believe the Bible says, not norm, not the assembly, but the Bible says these people will not enter the kingdom of heaven. It's not me saying this. It was God. It was Jesus through his, uh, to his disciples. Then his disciples passed it on to the church. And we read it over and over. And some people say, well, you know, we, we, we've uh, misunderstood what the Bible is really saying. Where do we go from here? After digesting all this, praying this week, asking the Lord, I had nothing. Ceiling was finally last night, and I had family up. My granddaughters were there. I love seeing them, but in my heart I'm thinking, God, what's tomorrow? What do you want me to say? And I battled with this for the last two nights. I, I hardly slept. <laughs> and then I saw this. Carter Conlon uh, from uh, Times Square Church. At the same time that this pastor in Texas was preaching his message on how they were going to welcome all these people because the Bible was wrong, he was saying the opposite last Sunday. And when I saw this, this little video, I thought, you know, I, need to, I really need to listen to this. I didn't understand why, but I did. I, I've never used my iPod, my, my ear pods before with my phone, and I stuck them in and I listened to his 35-minute message. And then I knew what the Lord wanted me to say. Can I, can I share 
what you wrote me? <laughs> so, Sue moves in the prophetic sometimes, and not sometimes, I mean you do. I don't mean to make it sound like it's hit and miss. So she hands me this in the back, and I'm, I'm back there fighting it. She says, what you focus on has authority. And then it says, what are you looking at? And I'm like, ah. Oh. <laughs> and then it says, look at me, capital M-E. Look at me. Don't give authority to the things of this world. Look at me. And I just want you to know that if anything was going to encourage me this morning, that did. So praise, praise be to Jesus. And he, he titled his message, The Wolf is at the Door, and there's a reason he did that, but mine, my title is more of, This is a Warning from the Lord. All right, That's what he was intending with The Wolf is at the Door, and he kept saying that throughout his message. And he started with uh, Isaiah 53. If you have your scripture with you, you can turn there with me, but I'm going to read from the TNIV. And, you know, I haven't mentioned this, but the reason that I'm doing this is in my studies, um, they have figured out that there are two versions that are really, really close to the most accurate um, interpretation in the literal sense going into English. And this is one of them that they told us we could use. So when we do our papers, we actually have to use this or the other one, and, uh, which is the New American Standard Version. But I just want you guys to understand why I went with TNIV, because I was reading from the NLT. Um, that's why. Who has believed our message, Isaiah said? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by others, a man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one whom people hide their faces. He was despised, and we held him in low esteem. We have to understand that this is referring to Jesus. Most scholars believe that this is a prophetic announcement of Jesus. And some of the things that he would face when he got here. And when he got here as the Savior of the world, what he saw was a man-made religious system that had been put in place that pretty much took the place of God. People were bound by all kinds of laws and, and it weighted them down or it weighed them down to the point where they could barely find their way. And very few lived moral lives as a result. When the people heard Jesus speaking, whether it's the Sermon on the Mount or in one of the villages that he often spoke in, when they heard him, they actually said, who is this man that speaks with so much authority? You see, the people, the religious leaders had lost that. 
They no longer spoke for God. They spoke for themselves. And their way was not leading people to God. It was leading them away. And when the religious leaders, when they heard Jesus speak, do you know what it did? It angered them. How dare this son of a carpenter come out here and tell us how to do our business? We're God's spokespeople, not him. Why why were they like this? Why were they so offended by what Jesus said? It was because Jesus represented the truth and that truth sought to dismantle their religious system. They could no longer go go on living like this with Jesus standing there saying, no, that's not the way. I am the way, the truth. In the life. Their path was to make a road to heaven that was really wide. But Jesus came and said just the opposite in Matthew 21, 12 through 13. Jesus entered the temple courts and he drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. Harsh words coming from the master. He had had enough of this profane use of God. And he wasn't going to tolerate it anymore. Why? Because he loved those people and he wanted them to know the truth, the truth that would set them free. And these men only wanted to tie them up even more because if they could control them, then they would have their money too. And the status of being a priest in the temple. Jesus was just the opposite He was humble. He didn't wear fancy clothes, jeweled hats, or breastplates. He didn't need them to have the authority of God. And Jesus, because the people were coming into the temple with their sins and leaving in even worse condition, Jesus had had enough and said no. And he started flipping tables. Can you imagine the pandemonium that ensued there? And these temple priests and leaders were probably just going, that's our income, our bread and butter. But Jesus didn't care. He didn't care what the culture was saying. God's word was more important What the people heard was more important. The truth that would set them free. And as Jesus did these things, instead of the priests repenting of their sins, which they should have done, instead they built a buttress against the Lord and His kingdom. Meaning that they they actually gathered together and said, we can stand against Him and beat Him. 
and they thought they did. <laughs> but we all know what the outcome was there. They fought hard to keep the charade alive that what they offered the people was the right way, even though it only weighed them down in their sins even more. Again, Jesus in John 14, 6 said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Does that ring true with you? As you see this passage and others like it, does your heart beat for Jesus? Or are you more concerned about what your friend, your neighbor, your coworker thinks of you? Well, I want to be accepted. Listen, you can't have it both ways. We want to have it both ways. And I'm not telling you to go in and blow people up with the Bible. It's not what I'm saying here. But I am saying we have got to represent Jesus. And we're not. We have been letting the enemy in. The wolves are at the door waiting for us to come out. And they're going to devour us if we don't start fighting back. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. Catch this last part. We all, say that with me, we all, like sheep, have what? Gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Listen, Jesus died for every one of us, regardless of the types of sins that might represent us. He loved us that much to take our place on that cross. He loved us enough to say, you know what? You can't do this, but I can. And I want you to be with me forever and ever. Therefore, I will allow this to happen. I just read a, an analogy of his death yesterday, and it was gruesome. If I remember it right, we have one and a half gallons of blood in us, give or take. Three hours he hung there. And by the end of that three hours, every drop of his blood had been exhausted, had been spilled for yours and my sins. In fact, the scripture says that water began to pour out, which is a sign of the fact he was bloodless. And in all of that pain and agony, he said what? Forgive them, 
for they know not what they do. How many people are out there today who don't realize what they're doing? Because the men and the women of God that God has put in place are not telling the truth. They're coming up with their own little spin on what this book means. I am still simple enough to believe that the words in this Bible are inspired. And those men that wrote this book were inspired by the Holy Spirit as they wrote. Amen. The sad part is there are people out there telling their flock, you know what, don't worry about this. God, God loves you. And he does. God loves you. And he's not going to make you suffer because of your lifestyle, your sinful lifestyle. Why would he care? As Pastor Conlon said, the wolves are at the door. The wolves are at the door. Can you hear them howling? Can you hear them growling? Many years ago, I took my boys out. We actually were traveling to Florida from Missouri. And I decided we would camp in a couple spots on our way there so we could break the trip up. And we were in Biloxi, Mississippi. And when we first came in, there were uh, guards on horseback in, in the the convicts were out in their orange jumpsuits cleaning the side of the road. We'd never seen that before. They were all in chains, too. They weren't, they weren't free like we see our guys here in town. They had chains, so they weren't going far if they tried to run. And the guys on the horses had shotguns. They weren't going far. So my boys are all big-eyed like, What? We're going to camp here? I'm like, it's all right, boys. So we set our tent up. We had our dinner. And it just started getting dark, and we got in the tent, and we just started to fall asleep. I have all four of my boys. I'm alone. Barb's not with us. And all of a sudden, we hear, (laughs) They're like, Dad, did you hear that? I might be deaf, but I'm not that deaf. No, there's something out there. And I grabbed my flashlight, and I looked out, and we were actually being circled by wild dogs. And they were big. They weren't little. They weren't little. Chihuahuas. They were big. So... We hear him growling, running around us, running around us, and all of a sudden we hear, and I look out, and this white dog, it it was sort of a shepherd, but more of a mutt-looking thing, but big, was sitting at my front door of the flap. He had run those dogs off, and he laid down there. 
And he stayed there all night. I got up in the morning, the boys got up, and we're like, that dog's still out there. Of course, we, we wanted to come out slowly. And we got our Lucky Charms, and we put them in our bowl, and we put some milk in it, and we fed him a bowl of Lucky Charms. He liked it. We gave him a second. And then he wandered off. The wolves were at the door. But an angel of the Lord, and I, 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 we call him our angel dog. I, I'm not making this stuff up. It was our angel dog. And when you represent the Lord, he will do that for you. You don't have to fear what man's going to say to you. If somebody needs to hear the truth, you need to tell them the truth. The priests, the religious leaders, the pastors who are supposed to be teaching the people truth are instead teaching people that it's okay to live such and such a way, contradicting God's word. They have tried to make the path wider, and yet Jesus himself said, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, broad is the road that leads to destruction. Many may enter through it, but small is the gate, narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. That's kind of scary. Because what that tells me is there are going to be a lot of people that aren't going to make it to heaven because somebody told them a lie and they believed it. And here's where I went with this. As I was studying last week in the book of Hosea, and, and hopefully you know this, but... Um, Hosea was the guy that the Lord said, I want you to go marry a prostitute. Now, how many would do that? I guess if the Lord told you, you would. And her name was Gomer, and of course, when Troy heard that, he was like, like Gomer Pyle? I said, I guess it meant different things in the Old Testament. Don't know why Gomer was named Gomer Pyle. His parents must not have liked him. But Gomer continually cheated on her husband. And the whole reason that the Lord did this was as a sign to show his relationship with Israel because Israel kept cheating on him. And he'd had enough. And, and he was at his wit's end because the, the priests were telling the people, it's okay. God's not going to judge you. In fact, they were giving false prophecies saying, oh, it's all going to be wonderful. La, 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 la. It's going to be peace and prosperity for you. And the people bought it. And yet, right around the corner, and we know this through history, they were about to be taken captive by their enemies for 70 years. But the priests were saying, oh, no, you just keep on living the way you're living. You keep on cheating on God. He doesn't care. My paraphrase, of course. God was not pleased. These men cared more about their position than they cared about their flock. Hosea 4, 6-9. Oh, let me read that real quick. 
My people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. And hear this, when you reject God's law, you reject God. You get that? Because you've rejected knowledge, I also reject you as my priest. Because you've ignored the law of your God, I will ignore your children. And then, verse 7, the more the priests increase, the more they sinned against me. They exchanged their glorious God for something disgraceful. They feed on the sins of my people and relish their wickedness, and it will be like people, like priests. I will punish both of them for their ways and repay them for their deeds. When I read this, I got scared because I began to think, how am I doing as your pastor? Am I I giving you the whole counsel of God or am I holding parts back because I'm afraid to tell you the truth, what the Bible really says? And, And I stand here today to say in front of you and God, Lord, forgive me if I have not brought the whole counsel of His Word to you. This was so bad, God said, you're no longer my children. I don't want any part with you. When you get God that angry, you're in trouble. And that just takes me to my next point. God does have limits. You can push Him too far. Go back to Sodom and Gomorrah in Genesis 19. I'm not going to turn there. But I just want you to recognize that what they were indicted for was the fact that when these angels came into the community, they didn't want anything but those two men. They wanted to do unnatural things with them. Are you with me? Scripture is so clear that this lifestyle is evil. What did God do there? He destroyed two cities because of this. That's how wicked it was. One of of, uh, the, the things that I wanted to point out was Sodom is where our word sodomy comes from. When you get home, look that up. Don't look it up here. Keep, your, keep, your, keep focused here. But when you get home, look it up. And you tell me if it's okay to live in that lifestyle. Galatians 6, 7, and 9. I'll try to speed it up here. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always, you will always, say that with me, you will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. People are going to... If you tell the truth... People are going to be convicted and that's going to result in them not liking you. Well, why are you judging me? I'm not. It's the Word of God. I'm just telling you what it says. People are not going to like us telling them the truth. When Jesus told them the truth, what happened? They crucified Him. 
Do you think it's going to be any different for us? We should not expect to be treated any other way. Again, as a pastor, this hit me like a ton of bricks. I just share it again. My people are destroyed from the lack of knowledge. He is indicting, the Lord is indicting the priests here because they weren't telling the people the truth. And because of that, he said, I'm going to reject you. I don't want to be that guy. I want you to know what the Bible says. And then it's up to you to figure out what you're going to do with it. That's between you and the Lord because our relationship is vertical, not... And by the way, thank you for not clapping because when I listened to the podcast of this other guy, they kept clapping and I kept thinking, what are you clapping for? There are people dying and going to hell. That's nothing to clap about. James 3, 1, not many of you should presume to be teachers, but my brothers and sisters, because you know that we who teach will what? I'm just, I'm whirling in my world. I really am as I'm reading all of this. And here was the clincher. When I read this and the Lord said, this is my pastor. This is my priest. These are my church leaders that I'm referring to here. If anyone causes one of these little ones, and listen, he's not talking about kids here. It could be a child, but he's talking about those who come to him for their salvation. And we lead them astray. This is what's going to happen. If you cause those who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for them if a large millstone were hung around their neck and they were drowned in the depths of the sea. Woe to the... Woe to the world because of the things that cause people to stumble. Such things must come, but woe to the person. That could be me. That could be you. If we cause people to miss it, if we, if we lead them down a road that's a dead end, by, by our acceptance of certain things that we know are unscriptural, if we do that, that's us. We're no different. I read that and I, I just went, God, help me. I almost want to get me a necklace with a millstone on it. As a reminder, you better say it right. That's the responsibility that you and I have we better say it right, brother, sister. Because people are counting on us to tell them the truth. And if we suck into this cultural thing, and if we mislead people, and they end up going to hell, thinking that they're going to heaven, this is us. I was pierced to the heart as I read this, as I studied, as I prayed. I haven't slept the last couple of nights. 
It's very hit and miss. And I knew that God was saying, enough. Tell my people the truth. I want them to know the truth. What's the truth? I'm just going to close with this scripture. And I want you to understand that at the very beginning, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 to 11, but beginning with verse 9, it says, Do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Understand this right now. Yes, homosexuality is in this list, but it's only one of many. Do not be deceived, Paul said. Neither the sexually immoral, nor the idolaters, nor adulterers. You got a date Friday with some babe that you shouldn't be with? Guess what? You aren't going to heaven. Nor male prostitutes. I never realized how many of these there were. Whenever I thought of prostitutes, I always thought they were women. And I had a real eye awakening when I visited some of the downtown areas on different ministry events. Most of them are men. And they aren't women picking them up. Are you hearing me this morning? Nor practicing homosexuals. Note that it says practicing. You may have a same-sex attraction, and when you fight that in, in the name of Christ, when you say, Lord, I can't do this, you don't think He can't be with you and help you through that? Just like the rest of this stuff. Nor thieves, and listen to me, some of you better listen to this one really close because tax season's coming. You don't, you don't edge things in there so that you'll get a little more back when you know it's not truth. That's stealing. You don't put more hours down at work than what you really worked. That's stealing. Hello? Where are they going to go? Not to heaven. Nor the greedy. If all you think about is what's in it for me. Nor the drunkards. Were you at the club last night? Tipping them back? It's no place for us. I don't want to hear that. You know what? I felt like the Lord wanted me to go in and minister to those people. You know what? Then wait for them to come out and minister to them there. Slanders. Oh, gosh. Slanders. What's, what's a slander? Did you hear about Jeff? Man, that dude. He's like... It's saying things about people that aren't true. Usually there's a reason. Usually there's something for you to gain through that. Nor swindlers. Oh, I want to tell you something. These people have got a special place in hell. Unless they repent. My own mother built out of 50 grand. Last week I heard about somebody else that was taken for 300 grand. 
these people are going to pay because it's their life savings when they do this stuff. They don't think about that. These people worked all their life to get to where they're at, to save that little nest egg, and then these jokers come in and convince them somehow, oh, yeah, you won the lottery in Jamaica. Well, I didn't sign up. Oh, but you still won. We had your name, and it's in there. All we need you to do is send us. Really? This happens all the time. If it seems too good to be true, don't buy into it. And the IRS is never going to call you and say, I need your social security number to verify who you are. Oh, by the way, your birth date would help too. Who does that? But people believe it, and they're swindled. They will not inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 11, and this is what some of you were. Emphasis, past tense. You used to be like this, but no longer. Hallelujah. How many can say amen to that? You were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Hallelujah. Would you stand up with me? The wolves are at the door. Time is short. You and I cannot shrink back. I don't know how much longer we have. I'm a firm believer in the rapture. I know not everybody believes that, but I do. I believe it's pre-trib. I believe that we're going to be taken up before all hell breaks loose on this planet. Some people are mid-trib, whatever. Some people are post-trib, whatever. I don't care about that. What I do want you to understand, and I went, spent quite a bit of time with this back when I did the, the chapters, uh, Matthew 23 through 25. I said, Jesus was trying to get us to see one thing, and that was be ready. Be ready. Forget about date setting. Forget about the when. Just be ready. Are you ready? If Jesus were to come back, if, if you were to run your name through this list, and there are so many other things that aren't up there, how would you stack up there? You know, they didn't have pornography back then, but that is such a huge part of our world today. Do you know that's the biggest business online? Did you know that? And it used to be that it was mostly men, but now the women have started sucking into that lie too. God, Father, speak to us today. Don't let one of us leave here ill-prepared for what's next. Lord, if there's something in our life today that needs to be dealt with, where we need to say, Lord, I can't do this on my own, but I know you can help me. 
I think Pastor Roger said this earlier. He said, you can do all things through Christ. God is saying to you today, you can do all things through my son, Jesus. So if you need a miracle, you need God's help with some kind of sin, or you need God's help to be more courageous, to tell people the truth, I want you up here right now. Come on, get up here. Don't, don't waste time here. I've been wrestling with this for two days, so you don't have time. You got to get up here if that's you. I know for me, and I'm just being honest with you folks, I feel so convicted. I do. I feel like I have let you down. And I just want to apologize for that. No more man be pam be pastor norm. I'm telling you right now, no more. Whatever that means. I want to listen to him and I'm going to preach what he tells me to preach. And if it's a hard message, so be it. Why? Because I care about you and I want everybody in this room, everybody in this church, everybody online, I want you to be in heaven one day. And if I don't tell you the truth, then you might get the the, the idea that it's okay to live like this. To let yourself lower your standard of morality. God's not going to care. Look at all those other people. Well, they're doing that. Jeez, I can get away with doing this little thing here. Sin is sin. doesn't matter what it looks like, how it's wrapped up, dressed up. Sin is sin. And I believe most of us know that. So I want you just to, if you can, just lift your hands up and, and just honor him today. Just say, Lord, I need you. Just tell him that right now. Lord, I need you. I need you. I need your strength. I need your love. Maybe I need to be delivered from something. God, do that in me. Help me, Lord. I can't do this by myself. So I entrust this, whatever it is, just, to, just give it to him right now. I entrust this thing into your hands. Let it not control me any longer. Lord, I give it to you. I lay it at the foot of the cross right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I'm surrounded by sinners. Help me to preach the truth. Help my life to be a living testament to the truth that no one would go to hell because I misled them. Help me with that. Help me to be courageous and strong in Jesus. Fill me with your Holy Spirit today that I would be able to live my life strong until you call me home whenever that day comes. And Lord, today I just again give you my life and all that I have and all that I am. I put it in the hands of the potter master, savior, 
do with me as you will, Lord. And help me to live in victory. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Can you give him a praise this morning? I really do love you guys. And by guys, I mean... Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Father, again, we, as we go out of here as a church, God put a hop in our skip and a skip in our step. Help us to represent you well. And Lord, not get sucked into the, the culture, but Lord, to, to live for God's culture. To live scripturally, morally, with integrity, knowing that our names have been written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And for that, we give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. Keep us safe in our coming and our going. Everybody said, God bless you. Thank you.